Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration and music with the King's Heralds, Del Delker, Brad Braley, and the Voice of Prophecy speaker, H.M.S. Richards, a Seventh-day Adventist minister. so much for which to be thankful. There are gifts so abundant each day. So we thank Thee, dear Lord, for Thy mercies that attend us along life's way. There is so Heavenly Father, we pray that Thou wilt bless us today as we attempt to answer Bible questions for the people. Remember all who listen. Bless our hearers in every land. We ask in Christ's name. Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, hold us who bow before Thee, near to the heart of God. Now Bradford Braley, our Voice of Prophecy organist, 
tells of the longing in his heart for that glad day. The nearer, the sweeter. Bob Seamount, second tenor in the King's Heralds, is featured in a favorite anthem, O Lord Most Holy. By multiple recording, he sings the solo as well as his own part in the quartet.
Miss Delker's song now is a testimony of complete confidence in the saving power of Jesus. I have been born again. My heart glows with rapture, my cup runneth o'er. Such joy so transporting I ne'er knew before. It flows through my soul from God's heavenly store, for I have been born again. I'll sing it and tell it wherever I go. I want all to hear it. I want all to know. that makes the heart Here now is H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker, who will today answer questions. First of all, let us say that in answering these questions, we can only give suggestive answers. As we have but a few minutes and many interesting questions, of course it's impossible for us to give exhaustive replies. I assure our friends that we'll do the best we can, and naturally you'll understand this. Neither by mail can we answer all the questions that come to us. It would necessitate a vast staff of workers and far more time than we could possibly give to it to answer fully all the questions that we receive. So we advise our friends who are interested in Bible study to take the Bible correspondence courses offered by the Voice of Prophecy, which, when completed, will have answered most of your important and practical Bible questions. The good books recommended in the Voice of Prophecy News and in our Bible courses will also prove helpful. Now here is our first question. Do you believe in the divinity of Christ? Our answer is that all those who have listened to the Voice of Prophecy for any time have heard our strong statements in this regard. The Holy Scripture is perfectly clear in the matter. Let us read Hebrews 1, 8 and 9. 
But unto the Son, he saith, Thy throne, O God, is for ever and ever. God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Jesus himself said, I and my Father are one. John 10.30 We'll read just one more text to, to sustain the plain scriptural teaching that Jesus is divine. 1 Timothy 3.16 God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. It is clear from this that Christ's incarnation did not annul his divinity. Question, does the scripture teach that Jesus existed before he was manifested in the flesh as a babe in Bethlehem? In our Savior's prayer to his Father, he said, And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. John 17, 5. There are many other texts that sustain the same truth that Jesus did indeed exist before he came to this earth and appeared as a man. Here is another question about Jesus. How was the divinity of Christ shown while he was on earth? Well, I should say first by his power to perform miracles, John eleven forty three. Second, by the fact that he had the right to lay down his life and to take it again. He said no one could take it from him, that he gave it voluntarily, John 10, 17. Third, by his being recognized as God in Hebrews 1, 8. Unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. And again in Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. In the fourth place, Christ's divinity is proved by what the Apostle Paul said under divine inspiration in Colossians 2, 9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Question. How do you understand Romans 11:26? And so all Israel shall be saved. Well, the word so refers to the statement in the preceding verses, which speaks of the Gentiles being grafted into the tree of Israel. You must remember that the apostle uses the term Israel in two different ways. When he speaks in a saving sense, Israel refers to those who in all ages are the children of God. When he speaks in a national sense, it refers to the literal people of Israel as a nation. In this text, concerning which you ask, Romans 11:26, he is speaking of Israel as those who are saved. The very next verse speaks of the new covenant relationship, and so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written, they shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. This is a quotation from the new covenant promise of Jeremiah 31, quoted also in Hebrews 8, refers to the gospel revealed in Jesus Christ. 
The apostle himself says, They are not all Israel which are of Israel. Romans 9, 6. God counts as spiritual Israel those who have experienced a new birth. What says the scripture? Galatians 3, 7 and 29. They which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And if ye be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. It is in this sense that all Israel shall be saved. Question, what is the meaning of the word Abba, A-B-B-A, in Romans 8.15? Let us read the text. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Abba really means Father, though in a little different sense than the word Father itself. Arthur S. Way has translated it like this, My Father, my own dear Father. Some say it is an Aramaic word. And by the way, Aramaic was the language which Jesus no doubt spoke as a child and suggests a little one crying, Daddy. It has a special endearing meaning. Those who become the children of God by spiritual adoption have a close relationship to the Heavenly Father. Question, do you think I'm a lost sinner if I do not agree with you in everything you believe? It's not for me, friend, or any man to condemn others. God is a judge, not man. The question is not whether I believe as you believe or you believe as I believe, but rather do we believe and act upon the light that has come to us individually. In James 4:17, it is written, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Let us leave the problem there between each soul and God. Question, why do the Methodists sprinkle water in baptism instead of immersing in water like the Baptists? Well, my suggestion is that you approach the nearest Methodist minister and ask him. A good Bible text on the subject of baptism is found in Romans 6, 1 to 6. Question, don't you think that all the people on earth are the children of God? We answer, it is true that according to Scripture, all men are descendants of our first parents. So in the sense of creation, God is the Father of all. In Acts 17:26, it is written that he hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth. But spiritually, there is a distinction between the children of God and the children of the devil. 1 John 3:10. By nature, we are the children of wrath. Ephesians 2, 3. We become the children of God by faith. Galatians 3:26. How do you explain that hard text, Romans 8, 28? Well, here's the text. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. I don't know that I can fully explain it. I'm sure I can't, but I believe it. The text does not say that all things are good, but that they work together for good to them that love God. Sometimes, no doubt, our sins bring trouble upon us. We suffer as a result of our sins and disobedience to God. A story will illustrate it. Years ago, a blacksmith was converted at some revival meetings. Month went by. He was not prospered. He had much trouble. It seemed everything went wrong. One day, a friend who was not a Christian dropped in. He stopped by the forge to visit and sympathize with him in his trials. He said, seems strange to me that so much trouble has come to you since you became a Christian. They want to weaken your faith, but 
since you're faithful and earnest, why do these things happen to you? The blacksmith had thought of these things himself. He didn't answer right away. Finally said, Do you see that piece of iron over there from which I intend to make a horseshoe? You know what I do with it? I heat it in the fire till it's red hot, and I hammer it unmercifully. Then I plunge it in a pail of cold water to temper it. Then I beat it some more with a hammer. I keep on doing this till it's finished. Sometimes I find a piece of iron that won't stand up under this system of heating and hammering. I don't know why it fails, but I know it'll never make a good horseshoe. I just throw it over there in the scrap heap by the door. When I get a piece of iron that can't take the shape, I discard it. The Christian blacksmith paused a moment. I know that God has been holding me in the fires of affliction, and I have felt his hammer on me, but I don't mind it. If only he can make me what I should be. I can just pray, Lord, don't put me on the scrap heap. And friend, it seems to me that that was a pretty good answer to the skeptic. We may not understand all the loss and trouble that comes to us now, but someday we shall. We shall thank God for every shattered idol, every disrupted plan. We shall see as he sees. And then we shall say, Just and true are thy ways, thou king of the ages. Revelation 15:3. Not now, but in the coming years. It may be in the better land we'll read the meaning of our tears. And there sometime we'll understand. Then trust in God through all thy days. Fear not, for he doth hold thy hand. Though dark thy way, still sing and praise. Sometime, sometime, we'll understand.
Now until next week, this is Orville Iverson wishing you God's blessing as together we accept the challenge to look up and then to go forward in faith. Have faith in God. Seek wisdom and inquire. Have faith in God for holy truth. Aspire. Have faith in God. In Christ, find your desire. Have faith, dear friend, in God. Radio friends, we urge you to accept the invitation of our announcer and enroll in our Voice of Prophecy correspondence courses. Not only do we have this excellent course for alcoholics, but we have some of the finest Bible courses in the world. We think the best. Just write and say, enroll me in your faith Bible course or enroll me in the junior Bible course. We will be happy to do it and you will always be thankful that you studied the Word of God. We hope this program of ours has served to give you spiritual strength for the day and we invite you to listen again next week for another broadcast brought to you by the voice of prophecy. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.